Hey folks, welcome to Close the Deal, episode number six, setting up your new sales rep for success. Thanks for joining us today. We're super excited to have you and really excited about this episode. I'm Jake Watson, your moderator, SVP of Marketing, and with me, I've got Rich and Nish. Fellas? Good day. Hello. <laughs> you didn't say good afternoon this time. I know. I made I it. it. I've actually, for the last 30 seconds, been thinking, do not say good day or good morning <laughs> or good and afternoon. Then, and then I screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. Then you called me on it. Uh, uh, Rich, what do you do? What do I, what, that is an interesting question. No, I'm kidding. I'll said, I am the Senior Vice President of Sales. Hey guys, Nishir, Executive Vice President Revenue. Thank you, fellas. This has been a lot of fun so far for us. Like I said, this is episode number six. Hope you found the first five interesting, entertaining, and valuable in some way. And if you haven't listened to them yet, please do that. We want to hear your feedback, so uh, you can send that to me, jwatson at snapfinancial.com. If you've got any questions, feedback, concerns, whatever it may be, even tips, whatever it might be, don't hesitate to send me an email. Um, in our last episode, we were lucky enough to have Brendan Phillip from Delta Growth join us. He had some really cool tips around SEO, tools that you can use to help improve your organic search results and your your the performance of your website. So check that out. It's available now. And with that, we'll just jump right into it. So setting up your new sales rep for success. Uh, Rich, like I'm just going to kick it over to you. I feel like this is right in your wheelhouse. This, is, this is his baby. I've been <laughs> waiting for this moment. Um, yeah, there's a lot to go through here. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the, you know, this is a, you know, a burning question that you know, I get a lot from, from, from people I talk to and, and, you know, people in my network, uh, in my sales network as well, which is how do you, know, how do you, you know, you spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of money hiring people. How do you get them going? How do you get them set up? So we can definitely jump right into it. Cool. Yeah. Like, like, do you have any tips like right off the top that you'd, that you'd offer? Um, uh, like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing you gotta take stock of is what is your span of control, right? A lot of people, a lot of leaders I know um, tend to kind of brag about how many direct reports they have. Right. And I'll often say, listen, it isn't the size of your empire that matters, it's the effectiveness of the of your empire that matters. Right. And so because if I if I talk to a sales manager and, and the first thing they tell me is like, well, I got five or, or I shouldn't say five, 10, 15, 20 direct reports, then I, listen, I you could be the greatest leader in the world. But then I'll go back to my saying there, then you are not providing a service to those individuals because there is no way right. with all the other minutia of stuff that you have to do as a sales leader, forecasting, um, you know, high level you know, conversations like strategy of rollout of new products and services, how you're going to engage the market. There is a thousand and one things on your plate. And if you have 20 reps on top of that to support and to manage and stay on top of, then something's going to give, mm -hmm. right? The, the one commodity that unfortunately we cannot buy more of is time because this will now tie into your ability to effectively support these reps as you move forward. And I would, I, I'm guessing that, um, especially new sales reps, right? Like, <clears throat> you, you know, so if you have two or three tenured reps, presumably they're going to need less of your time than you know, two or three new reps, right? Because my guess, my guess is that there's a little bit more hand-holding in the beginning than there is after a period of time, or, or maybe not, you tell me. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it, that will depend on your hiring strategy, right, and what roles you're looking to fill with your sales reps, right? So if, you know, if it's a, maybe a business development role and you have limitations on income and things like that, 
then you're probably going to hire someone who's a little bit more junior mm -hmm. and they're going to obviously need a lot more handholding from the sense of they don't understand the science that is sales. Okay. Right. So there is a lot more teaching you have. You're probably hiring these individuals based on soft skills more than they actually have tangible skills mm -hmm. in terms of work experience. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're hiring for a more seasoned territory manager sales role, a national accounts manager, things like that, these are accounts that require, again, depending on your hiring practices, but someone who's going to have a little more experience. The good news with individuals with experience is they'll understand the fundamentals of sales. They'll understand how to engage right. dealers or customers and talk to them. So you don't have to worry so much about that, but there is going to be you know, product, product, your own operations, your backend systems, how does financing work? How do things like that happen? So there is going to be an inherent requirement to support those individuals. But I also feel that whether they're new, you know, moderate in experience in their tenure or very much experience, that you have to still apply something I learned at my previous uh, place, which is you have to inspect what you expect. So in other words, regardless if they're a veteran rep, you have to have your kind of thumb on it, your finger on the pulse, and know what that rep is doing day in and day out. And if not, then you just kind of have the inmates running the asylum. Right. That makes sense. I, I told, Yeah, go for it. Yeah, Nish. no, I was just saying I was going to say, so like at, at a, if, if we look at it from top down, it's like structure is the key, right. step one, right? And then within the structure, also setting up the, the cadence um, of communicating with the reps, right? Like that is that is kind of the, the step one, I would say, mm -hmm. um, to, to starting the journey, right? Yeah. For a new sales rep. So what about like, what about somebody who's new to the organization, right? Like my, my guess is confidence is really important when you're going into yeah. a home, right? And, and so if you, like, if you just started this, this job at this new organization, you're not super familiar with the product, like at, to your point, like, yes, they obviously have a foundational sales skill set, right? Like that, that's probably why you hired them as a salesperson, but they may not have the product knowledge or whatever it is. What are some tips to make sure that this new salesperson that you hired that has the skill set and that has a foundation of sales is armed with the info that they need to walk in confidently to that home and get that sale? I think, I think you have to start with, uh, you know, this is like from my experience is that training material and the information you provide to them and the training structure you put uh, when they get onboarded ex is extremely important, right? I've been in organizations where there was nothing uh, and, you know, you have to create your own stuff. Uh, and I've been in organizations where they had professionals come in uh, as well as internal people doing the training. But essentially the way I see it is if you're going to onboard a rep and you're going to spend money because you're paying them, let's be honest, and, you're, and your own time, um, to make sure they're successful, then I think you need to, one, look at your, your training regimen, the information that's being provided. Does it capture everything that you think is important to make them successful when they are out there, right? Uh, and three, having a schedule, right? Um, a lot of people, you know, might be winging it, right? Oh, I'll just take them on a sales call, right? And they'll learn everything. Yes, it's an important factor, but it's, it's you know, breaking it down between you know, in class theory to actual practical, you know, going out on the road, seeing how they do, providing feedback. I think creating that, that, that structure is extremely critical in, a, in the success, right? And then post-training is also, you know, reviewing what they've, they're, they're doing, right? Like, 
go on a couple of sales calls with them, you know, every few weeks, right? To see if there is any gaps, right? Mm -hmm. Or if they're making, any ma making a mistake so that you can then correct it by bringing them back in class for half a day or whatever it is. Um, I think that's, that's, that's how you can probably ensure that you're at least giving it your best shot, right? Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, hiring is a crapshoot most times, right? Uh, but you're giving it your best shot with this individual that you're bringing on. Mm -hmm. But it is initiative to bang on. It's about sitting down and creating an onboarding plan. Mm -hmm. If you have an HR department, you're going to want to get all those things out of the way, make sure they're set up. And it was, you know, how do we get equipment in their hand in a fast amount of time so that, you know, how do we get them access to any systems they need, whether it's Salesforce or what have you, and making sure they just have the actual tools they need to do their job. That's got to be kind of first and foremost, because as you start training them, if they don't have a computer and they can't check emails and get things or have access to network drives or have access to your CRM, then like everything you're teaching, they're not going to be able to look at it and physically touch it and see themselves. And that's going to be pragmatic or very problematic in of itself. So that week should be aligned structurally to that. Day one should just be, hey, come here, meet the team. Let's make sure you are set up properly. Various departments that they're going to interact with in any given circumstance, you want to make sure that you give those departments or those stakeholders in those departments about a week's head up or a week, a week advance notice that you're going to be one or you're going to need them to spend time with them with your new candidate. You want to make sure you slot times in their calendars accordingly, but also you're going to want to get a sense of what they're going to be explaining to your reps as well. You don't, last thing you want to do is have a new sales rep set with someone with finance and then the finance person goes on a tangent about yeah, something that's completely irrelevant. It's what you're saying is like, make sure that there is certain expectations set with those stakeholders to provide information that applies to the sales rep. Exactly. And that's it, right? How different is it onboarding for a seasoned sales rep that's just getting used to the product versus, you know... Like, Someone out of university? Yeah, like a green, <laughs> somebody who you think has the potential to be kick-ass, but, um, you know, just doesn't have that history. I think, I think if you have someone green compared to someone experienced, I think teaching someone who's green, green the right sales methodology and practices is the most important thing, right? Like they need to know how to learn to sell um, rather than just going out and doing it, right? Whereas if someone's experienced, the, the worst thing with someone experienced is they have bad habits, mm -hmm. right? Which is what you have to identify quickly and solve for. But when it's someone green, it's like you can teach them whatever you like, right? And that's why it's important to have the right structure, the right material, to present to the person. And then, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about while, while we're talking is everyone learns differently, right? So when you are preparing something like this, I think you also need to adjust to their way of learning, right? Uh, is it visual? Is it like, here's a manual, go read it and they're, you know, they're good to go. Uh, is it, they have to be out in the field? Like, I think adjusting the training regimen to the type of individual is important for success as well. But going back to your, you know, your question on you know what the differences would be i think for someone who's green i think it's more showing them how to sell is probably going to be the most important thing uh initially but if they're good enough they'll catch up on it and then you get into kind of the next part right which is the details right for all the leaders on this call look at your structure now you might say okay well wait a minute hold on rich i've, I've got 15 reps like what do i do I, I don't have the budget to go out and hire you know assistant managers or things like that 
that's fine. Then identify individuals within your organization in your sales structure that can operate as mm -hmm. kind of leader, prime leaders. Right. Right. So generally that will become your seasoned reps or your more mature reps who've been there for a while. But also you got to be very careful who you align those reps are, because listen, we all have that one grumpy dude or do it at on our team who just, you know, does what they do, but hates the world or what have you. And that's fine. <laughs> like as long as they like, they get what they need to do to get done. But also remember that whoever you expose that rep to, they may pick up 50% of the good habits of that rep or that person they're talking to. But I will assure you this, they will pick up on 100% of their bad habits. Yeah, 100%. So if you know you have a rep who likes to cut out early, who doesn't follow processes and protocols, crystal ball here for you, folks. Do not put new reps with that individual. And if you have a reg really negative team culture, I can tell you what's going to happen to that rep who comes in or she comes in. They're going to be negged out in probably about three. And I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen good people be hired and put plugged into just horrific structures, mm -hmm. horrific cultures, and it just erodes. You can literally see that soul of that person dying <laughs> day after day. And there's nothing you can do to turn it around other than just say, I got to start clean. So, I, you know, I feel like, I, I feel like it even if you're stretched thin, it underscores even more your structure, you know, your, once, your, oh, for your, sure. your, your own process, right. And making sure that you're following something very specific to ensure that you're being as efficient with your time as you possibly can, such that the reps are getting as much as they can get. Absolutely. I it think looking at yourself is yeah. probably the first thing. Um, and your, how your structure is the first thing you should look at, right? Like, like Rich mentioned before you go hiring and bringing on new reps, I think it's important to look at that. And if, even if you have hired them, I think there's there's always time to fix it um, and make it better. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, and that's why you should look at it at, at first. Spend time onboarding properly. Right. Yeah. Make sure you're, you know, you've got the documentation that you need, that you've got the setup properly so they can do like, you know, the, whatever the, the theory versus the practical Correct. ratio, the whatever yeah. the proper ratio is that they're getting that that you've set up your own personal structure and your team structure such that, you know, those reps are now able to extract as much value from those two things as possible. And, and I love the line. What I think it's inspect your expectation. Inspect, inspect what, you, what expect. you expect. Right. I yeah. love that. I love that. <laughs> Which is very It's Rich's quickly. line. It's, it's great. I have a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, it's like optimizing, do. right? Yeah. 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 Well, it, and, and so I'll give you an example. So, yeah. And, and so going down your path, you're bang on, right? Look at your structure, look at your makeup of how your team is, how, what, what's your span of control on top of what you have to do right now. Either create leadership because by the way, reps want to grow too. Yeah. Maybe it's an opportunity. And by the way, it, it actually isn't that expensive to create leadership, mm -hmm. whether it's an override, um, a slight bump increase in pay there, but it's, you want to like, you know, to me, reps look at three things. They want to make cash, they want to grow and they want to be incentivized and recognized. All right. And number four, if they want to win, that's usually the, what, one of those four things are what's going to drive a sales rep. So is your structure conducive to that and also allows you to scale and the way it should work here, folks. Um, and again, I hope this makes sense. You, you know, and Nish, you brought up a great point. People learn very differently. This is actually where your reps are probably going to learn the most. And why, again, it's very important to partner up with leaders that understand this or other sales reps who are good at what they do. Uh, but when I say good, doesn't mean they have to be the best seller. Sometimes the best sellers are the worst trainers. Um, but you also don't want to partner with your worst seller because then mediocrity is just going to breed mediocrity. 
but you want to buddy them up with a rep who understands the process and protocols and does things right. And the way it should work here is you're going to start at 100% and, and zero, and then you're going to inverse it to zero and 100%, uh, zero to 100%. So what it means is, Jake, in this, I'll pick you know, <laughs> so I'm buddied with you. You are the veteran sales rep or the sales rep that our leader Nish has identified that I'm going to go spend some time with. So I'm going to go on sales calls with you. You are going to do 100% of the talking. Mm -hmm. I am going to do no talking at all. Now, again, based on the industry, based on the industries and our dealers and the networks or what have you, you got to determine how long you want me to sit there and not listen to anything. Mm -hmm. Eventually, then you work in chunks of 25%. What should then happen then after, you know, I feel comfortable and, and listen to you and I feel like I can probably add a couple of cents in there, it should then move to you do 75% of the talking, I do 25% of the talking mm -hmm. until that's comfortable, until you have confidence that I'm not making the company or myself look bad. Then slowly next set of meetings should be then 50-50, 50, 50, you know, so on and so yeah. forth, and eventually 25 to 75 cool. to eventually by the end of that, you should be able to come on sales calls with me and do no talking, mm -hmm. and then I'm doing the talking. I think that's the that's the feel sales week, right? Um, yeah. And that, by the way, it could be a week, it could be a two month. Two weeks, it depends it on the sales yeah. cycle, but exactly. I think that's, that's the best way to do it. And then, but after that, I think there has to be a review of that 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 session, right? That, that week or what are two weeks or whatever it is, where you sit down and then you go over any of the gaps, right? And then retrain them, make sure they're good before you send them out on their way and go do their thing and try to sell as much as they can, right? But I think I think that is the kind of the last piece of the puzzle, I feel. 1,000. And, you know, I've often said, and I think I've said on this podcast, I, I believe the world of sports and the world of sales are so closely in line where things like goals matter to salespeople. And you do have to study the proverbial game tape. After every one of those interactions, when we come out, and I think I've even referenced these kind of in kind of jokes and stories I've provided on this podcast. We should then have a dialogue after that. Right. And it should be, hey, Jake, what did you feel I did right? Right. Or if it's the, you're doing 100%, well, you should turn to me and say, hey, Rich, what did you pick up on? Right. Did you notice how he had this objection and I countered with this? That he had this problem and I became pragmatic and I created this solution for them. And, you know, so those first sessions should be you asking me what I picked up from you. And then maybe even doing a quick little role play. Hey, maybe we could have done this, could have done that. But after every one of those interactions, there should be a moment where you come out, sit in the parking lot, go to a Tim Hortons or wherever it is, and just have a quick conversation. And like I said, it's like studying the game tape. It's like studying your swing or something like that. You just want to look at it so you can then identify the gaps and the areas of opportunity that you can improve on. And for new reps who's starting here or who are listening to this, you have to practice. You got to practice. No other way. There's no yeah. other way. You've got to know your products. You've got to practice it. I used to, I, I joke often, but I'm dead serious. When I first started in sales, I had a full length mirror. I would practice presentations in front of the mirror <laughs> and I would visualize the conversations. And that wasn't it. because I was vain, but I just practiced. Yeah. I just, I would practice in the car ride on the way. And, and, and or if I was in the car on the way to a meeting with that rep, we would go through that presentation and we would actually dissect it. It's like, okay, so in that case, Jake, where it's 50-50, you still have to guide the overall structure of that meeting and where you'll say, hey, Rich, I'm going to take the intro, you provide the needs analysis here, and then I'll finish with this, and then you do, like, structure the nuts and bolts of that conversation. Because if you both go in there and we know we got to talk 50-50, but we haven't figured out who's talking 50-50, well, no one's going to talk at all because we're going to sit there and stare at each other and be like, well, that's a you thing, man. Or no, it's a, like, 
you gotta have that game plan and what will happen is that rep will see that initiative point they'll see it they'll see it firsthand it becomes tactile but you can actually come back and then have a conversation around it and with that the lasting image of rich staring into the mirror at himself <laughs> fully dressed <folks. laughs> I love it. um this has been great this has been a really good one thanks guys this is uh, episode number six uh if you haven't listened to episode number five uh brendan from delta growth was on talking about seo and tools to help drive lead volume a fantastic episode thanks again to brandon uh, he was brendan. a great guest yeah fantastic yeah. thanks brendan for doing that um we're going to announce the grand prize winner of the $15,000 prize uh, for the Great Canadian Dealer Showdown on our next episode. Uh, so it is done. It's over. Uh, there'll be some news to come up in the, in the coming months that we'll share. Uh, excited about that. But most importantly, super excited to share the winner next week. Um, the Dealer Alliance, if you don't know about it, get in touch with your BDM or send me an email at jwatson at snapfinancial.com. It's an amazing program designed for dealers to help drive lead volume. Uh, um, and also, if you've got any, uh, like if you've got any marketing support uh, questions, anything, you know, uh, anything that we can help you with, we at the marketing team, me here, you know, we're here for you. We're here to help out. Uh, we can consult. We can jump on a phone call. We can, you know, shoot me an email, whatever it might be. Um, we love solving marketing challenges. So if you've got any questions, please, uh, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, this this podcast, I, I say it every time and I, and I, you know, it's important to reiterate, this is for you. This is for you, our valued dealers. Uh, you know, we hope you've been uh, entertained and, and been able to take at least some value from this and, and some education, hopefully. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, feedback whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send me an email. Fellas, it's been a pleasure. It's been a slice. Thank you. Thank you. Booyah.